My name is Dominique Drew, and this is The Art of Attraction, the premier podcast to elevate your relationships, your life, and yourself. I'm your host, Dominique Drew, an intuitive, a spiritual guide, and a seasoned expert in men's relationship coaching. I've used the methods in this podcast to completely transform my own life and relationships, and now, high performers in every industry hire me to help them do the same. Here, you will learn how to solve the issues in your inner world which keep you from real fulfillment, deep intimacy, freedom, and authenticity. Welcome to the next stage of your evolution. Hello, everyone, and we're live with The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew. Thank you so much for joining me today. I've got a great show lined up for you. Uh, I am your host, Domini Drew, which may be shocking from the title, but this is, in fact, The Art of Attraction with Domini Drew, and I am Domini Drew, as previously mentioned, your host. So if you guys are new to the show, uh, by all means, welcome. I'm so glad that you're joining me today. I've got a really fun topic uh, that I'm going to cover with you guys today uh, that I've really been looking forward to presenting, honestly. Um, So if uh, if you're new, you know, um, welcome. I'm so glad you tuned in. Um, I specialize in uh, helping single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. And so um, what I really want to talk to you about uh, today is the idea, the concept of healthy masculinity, okay? Um, And this is one of my, actually one of my favorite topics. In fact, I was just a few minutes ago, I was talking to a friend um, about, you know, what healthy masculinity is and really the dynamics between um, healthy masculinity and um, healthy femininity, you know? And like how those tend to um, get messed up, really, you know, when they, um, when people get into relationships together. And so um, it's been really, um, it's, it's, a, it's a really fascinating, um, it's a really fascinating topic for me. And, you know, I'm, I'm also excited because for this, this is really going to um, bring in women a little bit. You know, I don't spend a whole lot of time talking about women on this show. I really... Um, default to, um, to, you know, to, to, to men and, and, and how you can get to healthy masculinity. Because, you know, when one person works on their issues and works on their distortions, then what tends to happen is um, it smooths out the entire relationship, right? So this isn't about um, whose fault it is, right? It's, it's not about fault. Um, everybody's got these, you know, core qualities, things, natural gifts, things we're naturally good at. Um, and a lot of other people have, uh, you know, and, and we have distortions at the same time. Everyone has both, right? And that's really, um, that's really essential to know. So, um, so, so healthy masculinity is, again, it's one of my favorite topics. And as I was talking to my friend about it, I realized that that's really why I got myself um, into, this, into this business, it's why I want to work with men in particular, and um, I think the real reason for that is because I love, I just love um, showing men how to embody um, that healthy masculinity, to get the best results with women, to live the, the happiest, freest, most um, uh, fulfilled life, you know, um, and and there's this space that I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about today on the show where you um, where they get they get into you know where that 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 really is what I'm calling this healthy masculinity um, and when they're there it's it's like for me it just lights me up I love seeing men in this place essentially they're you know they're they're full of themselves right not like the way we sort of tend to use that phrase but they're they're filled up they're fulfilled. Um, and they're they're not distorted, you know. They're they're really being the their authentic selves, um, and it's, it's truly to me it's it's really beautiful, you know. Um, so I just want to check and make sure that um, I'm coming through okay. Make sure that I'm 
There we go. That should fix that. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. So I'm broadcasting also on uh, Facebook Live, and uh, I just had myself, I think, on private there. So, um, so thank you again, everybody, for joining me. Um, so, so I'm just going to start out kind of defining this, right? And I, I want to create a little bit of a distinction here, okay? We've done shows before where, um, where we've talked about what a real man is right? And that's very tricky because people sort of throw this phrase around, what's a real man? And like, eh, you know, it's not really very useful. Honestly, what a real man is to one person is not what a real man is to another um, in a lot of ways. Um, And also for me, there's a lot of negativity in that phrase. Um, Like there's something that you should be that you aren't, right? Healthy masculinity is a whole different thing, okay? Um, when, when you embody healthy masculinity, okay, it's this space where you're standing in your power. Okay. You're not afraid to be a man. You're not afraid to be yourself. And at the same time, you're not defended. Okay. There's no defense to it. There's no need to um, expound about how you're a real man or <clears throat> prove to the world that you're a real man or, um, or anything, um, you know, there's, there's no need to, to, to influence the world with it. There's no need for that, right? You can, and my God, when you're in that space, you do, but it's done without the intention, right? So it's this balance of standing in your power and being undefended. Okay. And by undefended, you know, defenses can look like anything, right? We talk a lot about that on the, on this show. Um, it can be uh, aggression. It can be arrogance. It can be conceit. Um, it can be, uh, uh, fear, right? Anxiety. Um, it could be low self-esteem, right? Um, images that you carry around about who you are and what your worth is, um, that block you from the world, right? Those are all, um, those are all defenses, right? Um, there was a, a, a really beautiful experience that I, uh, a client wrote about in our group. Um, and he said that, uh, oh, he said that he always needed, we were, he was talking about, um, being authentic in the dating world. And he said he was, uh, he always felt the need to, to play the game because under the surface, he had a belief that if he didn't do that, 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 that doing that was the only way that he would, um, that anyone would love him. Right. So he sort of made himself into this man he thought men should be because underlying that there was this belief that like, if I'm just me, no one will want me, you know? So that's a defense, right? Um, you're defending yourself from getting hurt. Okay. Um, pushing people away, stopping your energy, um, you know, holding back, putting up walls. These are all excellent defenses um, that keep you from, from getting hurt. I'll, I'll keep myself guarded so that I don't, um, you know, because if I let someone in, then it will most definitely you know, hurt me or kill me, right? I mean, these are the things that we carry around. This is not like just people who can't function in the world, you know? All the high-level CEOs, they all have this shit too. They may have different ones than you. Um, but they'll, they'll have some of the same, you know, so this is not, um, just, you know, the people who can't function or, um, can't leave the house or, you know, um, or, or who have like obvious issues, you know, this is just humans. This is what humans do, right? So, um, so with healthy masculinity, you reach this place of being undefended, um, let's use the example of putting up walls, right? I have clients um, right now who struggle a lot with this and we, we work through it. You can work through it in a very short period of time, actually. People who work with me can work through it in a very, very short period of time. Most people spend years in therapy and therapy is great. If you have any doubt, go to therapy. Um, but if you want to go the next level, then you work with me because that's what I do, right? So I take people who have struggled with their issue for decades. I mean, it's not even an exaggeration, actual decades. Um, and then they come to me within a few weeks. It's, it's, it's done. It's like, because I, I solve the problem from the inside out, right? So, so walls are feeling guarded or things like that um, will, will keep you single, obviously, right? 
trust issues can be another form of, of walls. And so when you have these walls come up, um, then, you know, people feel them. You know, the, the reason I work with defenses and I don't teach people, you know, tips and tricks is because they don't work. And I've got a phenomenal example from a client that I'm going to share with you later in this show of exactly why it doesn't matter what you do in the dating world. It matters what's happening underneath the surface, right? Because what's happening underneath the surface is, is what women feel, you know? You can be speaking um, whatever, you know, you can say whatever words you want, but the meaning underneath it is what actually creates the, the change, right? That's what, that's what actually um, creates the effect in the world. So if you're like, okay, today I'm really open-hearted and I'm loving and I'm not going to totally going to be undefended and you've still got your walls up, your mental walls up, or deeper than the mental, but also in the mental, then you go out in the world, people are still going to treat you like you have walls up, you know? I have a client who um, is, is really ultimately petrified of being seen and nobody sees him. He goes, I'm invisible. I walk into rooms, I'm invisible. Well, of course you are. Because you're, you're, because subconsciously, you're absolutely desperate to not be seen. And the subconscious always wins in a fight between the subconscious and the conscious. So, so he's got this conscious desire. He really longs to be seen. He's not, he can't feel people. He's got walls up. Of course you can't feel people. Can't feel yourself. There's a wall up. That's what the wall is for right? So it doesn't matter, you know, if you sort of say affirmations to yourself or you're like, today I'm going to be positive and I'm just going to, I'm just going to do better. You know, if you could do better, you would have done it by now. You know, it's not that simple. You're very smart. If you could, if you could figure this out on your own, you would have done it by now, right? It's not like you haven't thought about this. It's not like you haven't tried. So, so these walls, uh, you know, they, they, ah, they're killers, man. They're fucking killers. Um, truly, you know, this, this one client of mine, and he's, he's really, he's one of my favorites. Um, and he, he, um, it, it kills him. He, it's like, um, he's not getting nourished. He's not getting fed because he can't feel the world around him. He can't feel himself. So he's not, so he's disconnected and he's lonely all the time. You know, how could you not be? There's a wall up, you know, that's what walls do. So. So, 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 you know, whether or not, you know, I, I give you all the great dating techniques or the great tips about what to say to women and what all women want to hear. Don't even get me started on that statement. Oh, what do women want? Are you, are you, have you ever spoken to a woman? Have you ever spoken to a woman? (laughs) Most of them have no fucking clue what they want. (laughs) That's just, I mean, that's just most people in general, but like, you know, that's that's not, that's not, that's not a fair question, right? (laughs) Let alone to ask me, like I represent all women. I don't fucking know what women want. Shit. God, how could I possibly know that? Right. But I do know how you're holding yourself back from what you want. That I can show you every single time with regularity, no matter how long you've been struggling with your issue, you come to me and within a matter of on average, it's taking about a, a week, a week or two. I have you through your issue. And I say a week or two because I do weekly calls with my clients. So really, we're actually talking about an hour. Within an hour, you know, you, you, you know exactly why you're still single and you know exactly what to do about it. Like, that's just the reality. That's the program that I sell. That's what I, that's the service that, that I provide. So it's really incredibly powerful. And so so within this, so you have this, this, this wall up, right? And, you know, I, I deal directly with the wall. So, so we go down, you know, we go straight to the core of the issue. You don't need to know what to say to women. You know, guys come to me to see if they want to work with me. And I do like a free intro call, right? And they, they talk to me and they say, oh, I just, you know, I can't, um, you know, I can't meet women, right? Or I'm lonely all the time. Or I just don't know what to say. If I just knew what to say. I would have a girlfriend. Really? Because, and I, and I always ask them this, I go, okay, so let's say you're out in life and let's say you walk into a coffee shop and you see a woman there that you find wildly attractive. What happens for you? What do you tend to do? And almost all, some men say they walk right up to her and, and, and introduce themselves. 
most say, oh, I either assume that if I'm approached, I'm going to be creepy. Okay. Projecting. I assume she has a boyfriend. Projecting. I assume she's not going to like me. Self-worth and projecting. Okay. Um, what about, um, you know, and, and none of those have anything to do with not knowing what to say. Yes, it feels, feels as though you don't know what to say. That's the symptom. I call that the symptom. Okay. So you walk up to, you know, you see a beautiful woman and you're like, oh, I just don't know what to say. <clears throat> but the fact of the matter is that if you had zero confidence issues, if you were confident as hell, couldn't care less, you know, madly in love with yourself, no issues in this area at all, you would walk right up to that woman with nothing to say in your head. You would walk up there and you go, well, I came over here because I found you incredibly stunning and I was going to say something clever and I completely forgot what it was. Hi, I'm Domini. <laughs> right? it doesn't matter. The words don't matter. If you're confident, you'll figure out something to say. Or you'll be like, hey, I just came across a new pickup line. Tell me what you think. You know what I mean? Like, I would crack up if somebody came up to me like that. I'd be like, ooh, give it to me. What do you, what do you got? Is it, is it nice shoes? Want to fuck? That's my, that's my favorite so far. <laughs> or you want to come back to my place for, for pizza and sex? What's the matter? You don't like pizza? I mean... Perhaps not the newest ones, but <laughs> I think I heard those probably sometime in the early 90s. Um, but a lot of people were getting laid in the early 90s. So I, I say that, you know, they probably work. So anyway, so anyway, the point is it doesn't matter what you say. It matters what's going on underneath the goddamn surface, okay? If you have zero self-worth issues, you will walk right up to that woman, right? Or whatever, whatever your approach would be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. What you do, it matters why you do it. Okay. So, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share this, this just phenomenal example with you of my, um, from my client uh, in, in a little bit here. But healthy masculinity. So healthy masculinity is this balance of standing in your power in an undefended way. Okay. So we're unpacking the undefended part a little bit, right? The, the, the wall. Okay. And wall is just one defense, right? Your defense might be, um, oh my God, love me. Love me. Love me. Love me. Love me. Love me. Please. I'm lovable. Please prove to me that I'm lovable. I had that one for a very long time. Um, your defense might be, fuck it. I don't need you anyway. Or I like being alone. Okay. And I'm not saying people don't like being alone. Lots of people like being alone. If you genuinely like being alone, that's great. You're probably not on this. <laughs> You're probably not listening to this podcast right now. Um, I mean, you're telling you know, people who are telling themselves that, um, but actually, you know, aren't happy being alone, right? Um, the I don't care defense, right? Doesn't matter anyway. Telling yourself that something doesn't matter is a great way to keep it from hurting you. That's the fact of the matter. Yeah. Um, what else? Other defenses. Um, being aggressive. Um, blaming the world. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a, that's a very popular one. Hey, Andrew. Um, that's a really, that's a really popular one. Um, uh, blaming women. Oh, women today. They just, they don't want to commit. Okay. None of them. There are no women in the whole world, three and a half billion women, and none of them are looking for a husband. Mm, probably not. Right. So you're telling yourself that to make yourself feel better about not having one is usually what's happening there. So all these little defenses are, and look, these are perfectly natural. Every human on the planet does this. Arguably a couple of enlightened beings and potentially the Dalai Lama. Um, although I would I'd be surprised if he didn't have moments of defensiveness, but I haven't met and spent a huge amount of time with the man. Um, but I would like to, if he's listening to this, um, please feel free to call and um, we can hang out because that would be great. Um, so, uh, so yeah, that's kind of what enlightenment is actually. Um, although there's some different, uh, there's some different uh, theories on exactly this because um, it's, it's arguable that when you hit actual enlightenment, you, um, you no longer need your physical body and you tend to leave. Um, but I do think that there are uh, states of enlightenment that I've uh, experienced and seen other people experience um, while, while being in life. And it's just totally, it's like an undefended state, you know, and it's undefended, 
not because, you know, when you're undefended, you're not getting hurt all the time, right? These defenses, the name's a bit misleading, right? I mean, they're made to protect you, right, from childhood, okay? Because shit hurt in childhood. Of course shit hurt when you were in childhood. You were a child, you know? Everything was a bigger deal. You know, everything hurt more um, because you were wide open, you know? You're an adult now. The fact of the matter is that if the same thing happened now, that you're defending yourself. Okay, say something happened when you were a kid and you've been defending yourself ever since on a subconscious level to keep it from happening again, okay? So, um, uh, you know, your, your, um, your mother died when you were very young, which is terrible tragedy, okay? And you, you put up walls and you won't let any other women in because you're sure that they're gonna leave you and you're gonna get hurt again. Okay, so in that way, you're defending yourself so you're psychologically, subconsciously defending yourself against being hurt again the same way you were a kid. But here's the thing. Even if something were to happen again, even if, God forbid, you were to fall in love, have a fantastic, you know, just, just drop yourself in vulnerable you know, and, 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 and openly in love, and that woman were to perish, it still would not hurt nearly as much as it did when you were a kid, okay? It's impossible. We're, we're, we're defending ourselves. We're protecting ourselves against, an, ex, an, against a, an experience repeating itself, which cannot possibly repeat itself. I think that made sense, right? We're continuously defend, def, protecting ourselves against something which, by definition, cannot happen again because you're an adult now. So it's crazy. We have these defenses. We have them everywhere. Um, they come up in tiny interactions. They keep us from getting promoted at work. They keep people from liking us. I mean, it's a defense. That's the point, right? Um, it, they come from fear. They make us unhappy. You know, all of these impacts, all of these effects to protect us from something happening, which by definition cannot possibly happen. So. When I use phrases like defenses and vulnerability, yes, it's a defense, but it's not a useful defense anymore. It, it is an important defense. It is, there is a reason for it, okay? We don't dismiss them like, oh, I should just take down my walls and let people in. Man, fuck that. You've had these from when you were a kid and you've got very good reasons to put them up. Every once in a while, a defense can be formed in adulthood, but it is quite rare. Just about everything comes down to what you experience as a child. And my wording is intentional in there. Just about everything comes down to what you experienced as a child, not what happened, what you experienced, okay? There can be you know, two kids uh, experiencing the same divorce and experience it in two totally different ways, the two totally different personalities, two totally different set of defenses. It's a different game. For a different person, it's a different game. So... Um, so again, yeah, all of the, the, the slick pickup lines and the, and the techniques and the pickup artist shit, um, right. And that's really the other, the other side of this. Um, the other side of this is, um, is, is, is not just being undefended because you can be vulnerable and, and not, not standing authentically in yourself, right. Not what I call standing in your power. Okay. And standing in your power is essential to being happy. It just is. Otherwise, you know, the, the people, let me give you an example. The people who don't do this, right? The people who don't stand in their power easily are constantly apologizing for themselves. Okay. They never let themselves get angry. They never let themselves um, embrace uh, you know, stronger emotions. They're really, um, they're hesitant about life. And honestly, often they're afraid or doubtful about life. And what that manifests is, is like a constant sort of um, apologizing, repeatedly apologizing for yourself, right? Um, or apologizing for existing, you know? I'm of course, it won't likely not come out in the in those words. It'll come out as uh, really extreme shyness, uh, a lot of anxiety, 
uh, self-worth issues. Uh, not standing in your power will show up as uh, negative self-talk. The example I had before, let's say you're in a coffee shop. You walk into a coffee shop, you see a woman there, you find wildly attractive. What tends to happen for you, right? Well, what often tends to happen for guys is in their head, they start, they start overthinking, right? So they're like, oh, well, she, she wouldn't want me anyway. You know, projecting and self-worth. Um, oh, she, she probably has a boyfriend. And you're telling yourself that so that you don't have to go up and talk to her. You know, let's be real. You don't know if she has a boyfriend or not. Why would you, you know, a woman who's attractive, by definition, the word wildly attractive means you, you naturally want to go to her. Something is keeping you from that. And so this, this self-talk of like talking yourself down, she's not going to want me anyway. She probably likes brunettes, some blonde. Ugh, you know, there's, there's no way. I just, I just won't. <laughs> I just won't go up. You know, it's like, mm, is that really what's going on here? Or are you just, you know, afraid to like really stand in, in your power? Okay. Um, getting abused <laughs> is, a, is, a, is a massive example of not standing in your power. Okay. Letting women treat you like shit. Letting, letting people in general treat you like shit. Um, taking shit from your boss. And I'm not saying, you know, fight up and, you know, get fired. But like, there's a balance there, right? And if you're not in your power, then you're way out of that balance. Way out. Okay. Um, and so, uh, and so staying in your power is really the art of being assertive. You know, uh, assertiveness is really important. Um, it allows you to pull out in traffic when you need to. Um, it allows you to, you know, go for better jobs, you know, push your boundaries, grow as a person, learn more, um, apply to that college, which is like, you know, kind of a stretch for, you know, take risks, um, experience life, you know, all of these things are, um, are, are essential. They're life force, you know, it's experience. It's, um, uh, it's life. It's life, isn't it? Um, the willingness to, uh, to go on adventures. You know, I've just discovered um, wandering around in mountains, which I just love. You know, you can go anywhere near where I live. You drive down a road and there's like a little, um, a little pull off and you can just, you can just pull your car to the side and, and park and get out and go on these trails and just like run around the mountains. And so I've just been like playing in the mountains like every couple of days. I just like, go, I'm like, ah, it's too much work is too much. And I just, I just go, you know, I'm off. There I go. <laughs> and so um, yeah, assertiveness, adventure, excitement. There's all these things that, that come through staying in your power, holding fucking boundaries, huge, huge, you know, um, being clear with your employees. Um, all of these things require, require running a goddamn business <laughs> requires standing in your power, doesn't it? Because if you're, oh, oh no, oh, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I, I can just, you know, should I just, um, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Why are you assuming you shouldn't have said that? You know, let's say you say something to me and you see me kind of have a reaction and you immediately start to backpedal, right? Like, oh gosh, you know, hey, I'm sorry. Look, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said it. And, you know, without even checking it out, you see what, what happens there is a lot of things happening in your head in that sort of short part of the story that I just shared there. And, you start to backpedal was the phrase that I use, but within that phrase is a lot happening in your system, right? So a lot of um, a lot of images, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of deciding what the other person is feeling. Huge amounts of projection, right? So you're projecting that I'm upset. And this is different than reading signals. This is, this is, this comes from fear. Okay. And I can, I'll, I'll tie it back into um, reading signals. You get good at reading signals by being in your body. <laughs> what does that mean? Follow your breath, like follow it. See how down far down your body, your breath goes just right now. You know, does it stop at your throat? Does it go to your chest? Does it go to your belly? Does it go to your hips, your pelvis? Does it go down to your legs? If not, what's stopping it? Right? This is the art. The more you do that, I shit you not, we start that, I start that with new clients off the bat. 
Okay. And I will continue to do that because it is the single most effective thing I've ever found. Okay. Doing that more and more will cause you to start to live more in your body. Here's the fucking difference that that makes. This is a whole other episode. I should do a whole other episode on, on, on how to be in your body and the difference that makes because holy shit, you know, because if you're up in your head, you're projecting, there's anxiety, there's, um, you're, you're out in the future, you're back in the past. Oh God, she's just like my ex. Oh God, I'm messing this up again. Oh Jesus, she's doing this. Oh, oh she already doesn't like, see, I knew she wasn't going to, oh God. All of this is happening without me, the female. I'm not even in this. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm probably, personally, I'm probably feeling rejected at this point because I'm so disconnected from you. You know, I can feel you leaving. I can't tell exactly what's going on in your head, um, but I can feel something's going on, right? I can tell it has something to do with me, but it's kind of peripheral. And all I can really tell is I can't feel you because you're not here in your body. You're not here in this moment. People can tell. I mean, I've trained in this shit for like, you know, 15 years, but you don't have to do that to feel it. Any, you know, Betty Sue off the street can tell, you know? So the art becomes finding that way to be comfortable in yourself. Can you, are you willing, not can you, you can. Are you willing to sit in this moment and connect with this woman? I could end the show right there. You know, are you willing to take that risk? And I know it's a risk. Being here on the earth feels like a risk. It does. This planet is rough, man. <sighs> Fuck. It's no small thing. You have my sympathies. And here we are. You want to connect with this woman? You want to feel something in your body? Risk being here in the moment. See what happens, you know? So, so the person who's unwilling to be, to be in their body is really psyching themselves out, you know? You're projecting onto me. You're projecting what I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, so I went into that, that sort of, that, uh, that thought, that exchange, backpedaling, right? So in that backpedaling is all of these beliefs, all of this projection. By the way, this is where anxiety starts. Okay? I had a great, uh, incredible session with a client just today who is, um, you know, who's just started experiencing being in their body. Just started. And complete and utter difference, okay? Feeling more safe, anxiety level, probably from a nine or 10 down to maybe a, a two or three. And in the moment, you know, lots of moments with a full zero, okay? Anxiety exists in the head, out in the future, projecting what's gonna happen, assuming what's gonna happen and being terrified about it. I mean, the whole, the whole loop doesn't even exist in the here and now, it never exists at all. You could just decide to leave it at one moment and just like drop in and be like, oh, okay, none of that's actually happening. So what's the solution to this, right? So here you are in the moment, um, you know, you're, you're, you're backpedaling. Uh, oh God, you know, then I start feeling rejected and then I maybe like you a little bit less or I'm a little bit like, I'm not sure what's happening here. I can't quite tell what is, you know, what are you, you know, what's happening for you? Why can't I feel you? I think subconsciously, for, this is just for me personally, again, don't let me speak for what all women want. God knows. Um, but for me, I would go, why can't I feel you? That's, that's what's happening in my head is like, why can't I, I can't feel, I'm, I'm out on this date with you because I'm interested. I, I, you know, I'm here standing having this conversation with you because I'm interested in doing that. I, they're, they're my feet. I could leave if I wanted to. I don't. I think you're cute and I want to hear what you have to say. You know? Not like an expectation, like entertain me, but like in like a, Okay. Yeah, let's let's do that. And uh and then if if there's that wall or if there's all these sort of defenses and things going on, then I can't I can't feel you. And the connection is lost. Right? So standing in your power, oh okay, so so then the this the solution to that, the solution would be if you said something to me, you perceived a reaction in me, <clears throat> and you um started feeling a lot of fear about it. What is the solution? The solution here is to ask. Okay. Uh, in my school, they call it checking it out with reality. So they'd be like, you know, a group of us would be sitting there and we're, we're doing this work, a lot of consciousness work and stuff like that. And, and I'd say, Oh, well, I, I know George doesn't like me. And we talk about that. Oh, why do you think George doesn't like me? Okay. Hmm. And then at some point our facilitator would say, do you want to check that out with reality? It's a question. You can say no. No, I'm, I'm happy with what's going on in my head. Thank you. 
<laughs> but inevitably, as you might think, anytime you do, I'm like, all right, I, I, I guess I'll ask George if he likes me. George, do you not like me? And George be like, I think you're great. I think you're awesome. Or I have zero feelings about you. Eh, totally neutral. Oh, okay. That's not a terrible hatred. If it's a terrible hatred, or maybe I know it's not you, but you trigger me because you remind me of my mother. I just got tears in my eyes. That's what tends to happen, you know, and then I'm taking that on because my dad had da 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 issue about me. And so now I'm taking on this. I'm personalizing it. Jesus Christ, how much of human suffering can be relieved by stopping, by not taking shit personally anymore? I'm going to go with more than 80%. That is, that is my guess. In, in 15 years of research and study and experience, that's, that's what I'm going to, that's the number I'm going to go on, somewhere around 80. I think more, but definitely above 80%. Okay. We're voluntarily suffering like for like 90% of our lives. It's wild. Anyway. So, so then, you know, I checked out with George and he goes, you know, every time you do, you know, you talk all the time. Um, and that drives me crazy. That's like, you know, honestly, usually it's, it's mostly in our heads. So there isn't even anything on the other side, but even if there is great, then the facilitator goes over to George, George, what is it about Domini talking all the time that drives you crazy? And he goes, my, my fucking mother would talk all the time and I was never heard. And then bam, that's what's really going on. It has nothing to do with me. You know, the extent to which we are projecting and then living out our, our childhood decisions in life is astounding. It's astounding. These numbers I'm putting out, that 80%, that 90% I just threw out, I didn't just throw that out. That is, that is what I have, I have, you know, me and, and those who know much more than I do have found to be true in thousands of, of you know, in, in seeing this process done thousands of times. And by the way, never having seen it fail. This is why I teach this work. I'm not kidding. Years, decades of your issue that you have struggled with gone within hours, hours or a couple of weeks. Can you imagine? <laughs> How much would you pay to have a life issue that you've struggled with for your, for your entire life gone? And I mean gone. I don't mean a coping mechanism. I mean gone in two or three weeks, right? This is why I do what I do. This is my, this is my jam. This is why I teach my work. I've seen it work, you know, I've seen it done thousands and thousands of times and I've seen it fail zero, okay? Because it's just a process of, you know, uh, of, of becoming more authentic. So it, it can't fail <laughs> by definition, right? Anyway, so standing in your power. So, um, so, so in that interaction, you know, you check it out with reality. Hey, I, I realize I made this, um, this assumption. You don't even need to, you know, I, I speak kind of, uh, with, uh, I, I speak in a, a little bit of a strange way because, um, I try and say really just what's true in sort of a more strict way than most, but you don't even need to do that. Just like, Hey, I noticed you had a little reaction to what I said. Um, you know, what, what was that about? Or, Hey, did I, did I offend you earlier? Something like that. And then she'd go, Oh God, you know what? I'm so sorry. No, I had this thought run across my mind, um, of my, my mom and, you know, she's sick and, and I'm having a hard time with it. And, and so I just sort of went into that when you were talking, you know, sorry about that. Oh, great. You know, um, And, and just about all the time, it's not about you. I actually had this happen once. Great example. So I, I was um, hanging out with a, a couple of friends of mine who are a couple. They're married. Um, and I, um, you know, I have a very uh, flirtatious um, manner. That's, that's kind of just how I am. It's how I express love, um, you know, love to people I pass on the street, not just, um, you know, sexual or romantic love. Um, I just have a flirtatious mannerism. That's, that's how I operate in the world, right? used to be something that I was uh, rejected about myself or felt um, terribly embarrassed or um, shameful around. Um, and uh, now I think it's great. And not everybody does. And that is more than fair. Um, but anyway, so uh, we were sort of joking around uh, and I have zero sexual tension or attraction with either of these people. They're just really good friends. And I don't know, we were at some masquerade party or something. It was great. And... Um, uh, she and here both standing there and I, I sort of addressed a comment to him like, oh, do you, 
you know, what are you saying there, young man, or something, but it was like, you know, with sort of a, a faux uh, flirtatious thing. Um, and I saw this look come across her face, like her face just got like really um, uh, like disgusted or like, not, not disgusted, but like, a, uh, excuse me, right? And that's not really her personality at all. And I was like stunned. I was like, whoa, hold on. Whoa, wait, wait. And I, I felt myself go, oh, oh, oh my God. Um, you know, did she think I was serious, right? And, uh, and it went on, you know, we, the topic kind of changed and we chatted about some other things. And, um, and probably not two minutes later, I was like, I, I'm so sorry. I just have to check this out. Uh, I just noticed your face like totally changed when I just said what I, what I said to, um, to my friend there. Um, did you, you know, I, I was just messing around. Did you, did you think that I was serious? And she looked totally blank and went, oh my God, no, I had nothing to do with you. I'm sorry. I, I do that sometimes. I've had other people say that to me where my face just does something <laughs> that's utterly irrelevant. And there was no charge in her body. There was no like lying or anything. It just, it just didn't, you know, the, what happened in the outside just wasn't what was happening inside. And I, had I not checked that out, that could have been a real rift in the friendship, you know, had I not asked. And it was a little ballsy to ask, you know, I mean, you got to be a little bit brave, but like, here we are in life, you know, you want to live it or you want to sit around. Either one's fine. People are doing both. But, you know, live, right? Why not live? Um, and, so, uh, and so that was a, really, was a really powerful example of, thank God I checked that out. Or, you know, that, that could have really had serious implications. And I would have gone home being like, oh, see, Domini, this is what you always do. You know, da, 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 your stories go. You check it out with reality. And all of the all of the story you're telling yourself, all of the shit that's going on in your head, can can you can you can quiet it, okay? Instead of making up stories, deciding what people were feeling, taking you know taking responsibility for other people's reactions, the list goes on, okay? It's really quite endless. Um. So, so yeah. So not stepping in your power, stepping into your power can really have that um, that. Uh, that effect. So, so for healthy masculinity, there really needs to be this balance of, yes, I'm willing to be here. You know, even in that moment, I think I've got very healthy masculinity actually. <laughs> and both, you know, both people have, have both, right? Um, women have uh, masculinity and femininity and men have masculinity and femininity, right? So the question becomes, how comfortable are you as a man with your masculinity? And then, of course, you know, the next question I'm going to ask, which is, how comfortable are you as a man with your femininity? Are you embarrassed about it? Do you push it away? Is femininity for pussies? You know, what do you tell yourself? What story do you tell yourself to keep yourself safe and comfortable? Right? So... So this balance uh, of, of masculine, of, of, of standing in your power, okay, in an undefended way. So if you're only standing in your power, but you're defensive, then you're aggressive, right? You're defending yourself. You're like, I am a man and I shall be a man and you shall hear my manliness. And eh, a lot of people aren't going to like that because it's obnoxious, you know, because it's, de- it's a defense. All defenses are obnoxious. You can be perfectly sweet and defensive too, and it's equally obnoxious. Um, but, you know, there it is. Or you could be um, totally unde- undefended, right? And uh, not standing in your power, and that's that would manifest as a kind of collapse. Kind of collapse. Okay, like, oh, I don't matter anyway. <coughs> well, that's not going to make you very happy as a man, is it? Doesn't make you very happy as a woman either, but I'm just using the example here. Um, so, uh, so I want to share with you um, uh, this experience that I had with my client recently, um, who, uh, and it was absolutely, uh, it was absolutely fascinating. And it was a perfect example. And I actually said this at a time. Um, it was a perfect example of why it is that we teach the work by we, I mean, me, I'm the only one who does it. Um, uh, other people teach my, my work. A few other people do, but uh, within my business, I'm the only one that, that uh, teaches or coaches. Um, why I teach the work the way I do, okay? Why don't I teach you tips and tricks? Why don't I teach you what to say to a woman? Why don't I teach you, you know, when to reach out or, or when not to reach out or 
um, how to find the right women or things like that, right? I mean, I, and, and I do, like I go into those things, um, but here's why that's not the main focus, okay? So a client comes to me and he says that he had um, met this woman on, uh, he met a woman on Facebook, okay? And he was interested in reaching out to her, right? And um, he, he, he got on the call to ask whether or not he should, right? And, you know, we talked about, you know, her, we talked about her a little bit and kind of got a sense of, of his, you know, interest level and, and her interest level and things like that. And I said, okay, why don't we, why don't we drop in and just, and see what's there? Because, you know, in order to, to, to talk about this on sort of a conscious level, it kind of becomes a, like a, a battle of knowledge. It's like, well, do I know more about this than you do? Do I know more about how women act? or how women respond when people reach out to them on Facebook. I mean, like, I haven't read that research paper. I don't know how women tend to reach out on, on Facebook. I know a few obvious things, like, you know, if you're making an online profile on Tinder and you don't, you're not, like, showing your face, that's probably going to tank. Fucking common sense, guys. But this is, a, you know, these are smart men, you know? You're, you're, you're a man. You're smart. Common sense, you know? Um, if, you know, you, you're talking to a girl and she asks you for money, that's not a, that's not a girl. That's not someone you want to date. That's stop it. Delete it immediately. That is in no way, you know, I've got guys come to me with these ridiculous stories. They're like, she asked me for money, but I think it's really, no, you've never met her. Even if you have, you want to, you want to support your girlfriend. You've known her for a year. That's great. You know, if you just met someone online, that's, there's no time when that's okay. Right. So, so so as far as, you know, sh- should I reach out on Facebook? Should I not reach out on Facebook? Okay. I don't, I don't think there's an answer to that question as it is. Right? How could I know? I don't know you. I don't know your luck on Facebook. I don't know her. I, can't, I couldn't possibly, I don't think anyone could possibly have the correct answer to that. Right? So instead, we, we go into my, to my area of expertise. Right? Great. Let's drop in and see what's there. Okay. So we dropped in and did a great job. Dropped right into his body. And immediately, I mean, within probably 10 seconds, 10, 15 seconds, he goes, well, I, I, see, I see a little boy. And I go, okay. And this is just like, like following your breath down and kind of tuning into your body. And what it, what it does here to explain is, uh, and the reason I say, you know, if we have this conversation with a conscious mind, it becomes a battle of knowledge. <clears throat> Who knows more? And then you're kind of, you know, it's a crapshoot, isn't it? Who's right and who's not? Boy, I sure shouldn't have reached out to her. Or boy, boy, I sure should have, right? Um, um, and so, uh, and so, so what happens when you when you follow your breath down into your body is you shift, okay, from your conscious mind into your subconscious. And that that just happens. Ah, just happens. You're, you know, you hear people say body has wisdom. Okay, there is more information and more healing potential in your body than you can possibly imagine unless you have seen it work countless, countless, countless times. So when I say I've seen this work thousands of times and I've never seen it not work, this is what I'm talking about. Okay, this is the work that I teach. And when you drop into your subconscious, bam, we are at the source. Okay, if you're like, I don't know why I'm single. And I can ask some questions like, are you going out to meet people and, and things like that? But that's not where the answer is because everything that's conscious, just about, you've already thought of. If it were accessible with your conscious mind, you would have figured it out by now, right? So he comes on the call, he drops in uh, down to his body and he gets this sort of visual, bam, okay. Uh, he sees a, see a little boy, okay. Uh, and it turns out the little boy was, was him, right? Around four. Okay, little four-year-old boy. Great. And this was this was when we he had dropped in and he'd asked, you know, we'd sort of said, okay, let's let's drop in and see whether or not you should reach out to this woman. So that was like the the template that we'd set. That was the intention was, you know, what should what should I do here with this woman? And then this little boy comes up immediately. Okay, him when he was four, and um, I said, okay, so what does this little boy need? And the little boy said. I need validation that I'm lovable. Now, remember the intention we set was, should I reach out? And when we dropped in 
to the subconscious. And in the subconscious is the, the underlying reason, right, for why you would be reaching out. So let's say I were to reach out and you drop in and this little boy comes up and says, I want validation that I'm lovable. Okay. So that was underneath his desire to reach out. That was the actual intention in him reaching out underneath the surface. Okay. So consciously he was like, she's cute. And I think she seems great. And and it sounded like she did. And this doesn't mean that she's not great. And it also doesn't mean he shouldn't reach out. This is the fucking point. Okay. It, It doesn't matter what you do. It didn't matter whether he reached out or not. This is exactly what I said to him, right? It doesn't matter whether you reach out or not. It matters why, why you're reaching out. And unless you know that it's a crapshoot. And that's fine. That's the way most people live lives. But what if you could live life intentionally? What if you could find out the real reason you wanted to reach out? Some part of him was stuck, was was not loved enough when he was four, okay? And was still trying to get love. Well, if you reach out to someone, if you approach a woman, an attractive woman, and you've got parts of yourself that, you know, and, and you're you know, consciously you're like, you're really attractive and I want a partner. I'm looking, I'm looking for a fulfilling relationship. And even if she is too, if underneath the surface, you are actually acting from this place that's, that was frozen when you were four, you know, that was wounded, that that's trying to use her to fix what your parents did wrong. Okay, it's trying to fix the problem of feeling unlovable with a woman, an adult woman, then it will fail. So the the subconscious intention was to validate. And so there's pressure on that and it's coming from a child place and it's wounded and it's traumatized and it needs healing. And it's trying to get that healing in a way that's logical to a four-year-old, <laughs> right? It isn't, it isn't actually illogical, but it's illog- it, it, is, it is not actually illogical. It is logical to a child's brain because that is literally how old this piece of you is. And we all have this, it's just underneath the surface, operating. So we're all like little children a lot of times, running around wondering why people don't like us, why we're continuously getting turned down by women, why we're still single, despite being a really, really, really great guy. But despite being a really great woman, I'm still single. Why? This is why. This is such a beautiful, beautiful example of why we do the work we, the way we do. So it didn't matter what he said. This is, again, why it doesn't matter what you say. When you approach a woman, it matters what you believe to be true. You know, it matters what's going on underneath the surface. So, so regardless of what he had said to that woman on Facebook, until he works on this place from, but this four-year-old, this, this part of himself that is, um, you know, that, that got stuck. Anything he would say to her, if he's coming from that place will not be attractive because it's, it's a, it's a child place. It's, it's, she, she, she likely won't know, right? She won't consciously be like, Hmm, he seems like a four-year-old who's trying to get validate that he's lovable, but she won't be attracted. She won't be drawn unless she has a compensating belief that likes that. And then the distortion is, kind of starts to feed itself, feed each other, feed each other. And that is why people tend to get into negative relationships repeatedly and have no idea why. That is why people tend to um, settle. Mm, that's not quite right. That is why people tend to get in relationships um, that have sort of toxic dynamics. That's what it is. Okay, because I think I'm unlovable and she wants to save people. 
So that will potentially get you into a relationship, but it won't last. And the statement I made at the beginning is, I help single men attract life partners through personal and relationship coaching. I help you find fulfilling relationships, right? Not just get laid. You can get laid. You're fine. (laughs) Getting laid is important. I'm a huge fan of getting laid. Um, But this particular work is really sort of more suited toward really seeking something fulfilling. And this is why. Excuse me. Let me speak more accurately. A fulfilling long-term relationship. One night stands can be extremely fulfilling. No judgment on that at all. I'm a big fan. So... So uh, until he until he works through that relationship with that with that four year old, it, it doesn't matter what he says to her, right? But if he can heal that part, and uh, and really that's just made done through making contact with it, you know, it's like go down and and, and talk to him, see what he needs, you know. There's an, an element here of reparenting yourself, reparenting the parts of you that were. Uh, traumatized at a young age because the parenting wasn't good enough. And everybody experiences this. It just does, you know? So, so the work that's to be done is not to be found in tips and tricks. It's not to be found in um, learning what to say or, or, you know, pick up artist things or, um, or techniques. It's to be found in you. What is your intention here? You know, and you, you can't really know. You, you have to go down. You have to breathe into it and see what comes up. It has, to, it has to come to you in an upwelling. Otherwise, you're just recycling old stories you've been telling yourself in your head. And again, if it's already conscious, you've already thought of it. If that were the answer, you would have repaired it. You would have fixed it by now, right? So what is going on underneath the surface that women are picking up on that's repeatedly leaving you to it to being single. Okay. So let's come back to the healthy masculinity. So in this particular example, and this man, I was just wildly impressed with, with this session. Um, you know, he, he saw this, he saw the piece that he needed to, um, you know, that he, that he needed, needed to work on. And he went home and started making contact with that. When he completes that, it doesn't need to take a wildly long time. It's going to be a matter of days, really. Um, you know, you, you, you reparent, you, you give that little boy the experience that he needed because he needs it from you. He's looking for it from her, but he needs it from you. It's, she can't fill that need because the, the lack is in you. That's where the lack is, right? So the only place that this can be healed is in you. Otherwise, I would teach men how to um, direct women how to be, or I would direct women how to be. That's not the problem. That's why it's not the women. Not because women are better. Women are not better. They're just women. Men are just men. Drop the rest. It's not serving you. Okay? You know? This is about how are you holding yourself back from what you want? There's nothing else. There's nothing else to do in this life but find where you're blocked and release it so you can live a happy and fulfilling life. That's the game. That's the game. So so when he does give that little boy what he needs, okay, he'll, he'll eventually disappear. That piece will sort of be reintegrated into his system. Energetically, it's like a... Uh, like a piece of the energy is kind of frozen. It's, it's sort of just consciousness, the place where the consciousness stopped growing. And I have, you know, I, I talk about this a lot in my, um, in other episodes of, of this podcast. So if this interests you, then please, um, you know, uh, seek out other, um, other episodes that, that sort of call to you because um, I really go into this and it's wildly enlightening. You know, the, the results I get in my program are out of this world. It's, it's really, it's, uh, you'll see on my Facebook page if you want, just, just testimonial after testimonial of these guys who are just like, my life has never been like this. I have, I have parents of clients reaching out to me saying they don't recognize their, their, their sons. You know, it's, it's, um, it's miraculous and it's really beautiful. Uh, and it's very simple and, and you can do it, you know? So when he does sort of complete that, then that will reintegrate back into his system. And, uh, and then when he reaches out to her, doesn't matter what he says, 
whatever he says, she will feel attracted. You know, then the, 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 the way of attraction is clear. He's not blocking it himself. She may be attracted, she might not. But that's authentic. Now he's approaching her as a man in his healthy masculinity, having taken responsibility and dealt with his shit. Maybe that's the definition right there. So I need to wrap up now. I'm almost very sorry to do it because this has been a really great episode and I've really enjoyed presenting it for you guys. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. Um, I, I love the topic of healthy masculinity. Again, I think this is really why I got into this game in the first place and I absolutely love it. Um, so thank you so much for joining me. Please feel free to subscribe, uh, download all the podcast episodes that you want. Um, this is really material for you. Um, please reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, and uh, you know, Dominique Drew is my name. And uh, let me know what you think of the show. And if you've had breakthroughs from it, uh, a lot of people do. And I'm, I'm always really happy to hear. So please feel free to reach out. And if you're interested in you know, really exploring working with me more, um, you can find me at dominiedrew.com forward slash hello. Again, that's dominiedrew.com forward slash hello. And I will look forward to seeing you. Thank you so much for joining me. Take care, guys. Thank you for joining me for this episode of The Art of Attraction. This is Dominique Drew signing off and reminding you that if you love this podcast, please hit that subscribe button, rate us five stars, and most importantly, share this episode with someone you know needs to hear it. See you next time.